Welcome to the Mighty Rip Podcast, hosted by Dave DeBah. As always, the Mighty Rip Podcast is coming to you live from the super plush Mighty Rip Broadcast Studios in the heart of Silicon Valley. Now, to the host that can't stop ripping on players, coaches, and bad front office management, Dave DeBah. Coming up on the Mighty Rip Pod, we take a look back at the first two episodes of the Last Dance documentary, which featured, of course, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen. I even heard or thought I heard Dennis Rodman attempt to say something. And the other whole slew of characters that takes that dynasty television show and that Dallas television show and looks like it puts it to shame. Plus, a quick recap of some of the big uh, sporting news stories of last week. All of that, and trust me, a whole lot more coming up on the Mighty Rip Pod today. I mean, seriously, when you think about when you think about the last season of the Chicago Bulls, 1997 and 98, and you think about all the drama. All the drama that we witnessed during the first two episodes. Like, we're only two episodes in. There's eight episodes to go. Look, I don't know about you. I don't know if your parents were big soap opera fans. I don't know if your parents were prime time soap opera fans. If they made you sit down and watch Dallas or Dynasty or or whatever today's modern day soap opera is. That is exactly what this Chicago Bulls organization really was like, at least according to this uh, this documentary. Look, I knew Jerry Reinsdorf was um, a tough guy, <laughs> and, and I'm going to put it that way. Um, I knew he was. I knew he was hard line, and 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 you know, there's nothing new uh, that I saw in the documentary. That in any way surprised me about Jerry and Jerry, Jerry Krause, and of course, Jerry Reinsdorf. But I will say this, I had forgotten, like, I had forgotten what a jerk (laughs) Jerry Reinsdorf was. And to give Jerry Krause a little bit of credit, I mean, he did, he was the architect of everything that came after Jordan on that team. And there's certainly, he certainly did do a good job putting together a lot of cool pieces um, into place to put that, uh, to put this, at least the second half of those championships together. So you got to give him the credit there. But I mean, obviously um, he couldn't stay out of his way. He couldn't, uh, he couldn't get over not being, um, not being loved by the fans and not being loved by the players. And that was a real issue. I mean, it was, it's drama. It, It literally is drama. I wonder if if the people that did the real housewives of orange county had anything to do i wonder if anybody on that production team there was actually around in chicago between 97 and 98 i'm just curious because there's so much drama uh that we witnessed in the first uh the first two episodes of the last dance it's uh sort of ridiculous so jerry reinsdorf obviously a jerk um and it was his job. It was his job to take care of his players. Look, if you have a player and you negotiate a contract with an employee or you negotiate a contract with a player 
and he signed a contract, and I know he signed an eight-year deal. I mean, the reason Scotty Pippen, or excuse me, Scott Pippen, <laughs> the reason Scott Pippen, the reason Scotty Pippen actually um, signed that deal was because he had a bad back, and he was worried that his career was actually going to be a lot shorter. Now, in Reindorf's defense, he did come out and tell Scotty, don't sign this deal. And then he basically told him, if you sign it, don't come back asking for more cash. Look, at the time he signed that deal, players were not making $33 million a year in the National Basketball Association. The NBA television contracts were not, <laughs> were, were going to double slash triple within the time of that contract actually being signed in the first place. Scottie Pippen got absolutely 100% screwed, not so much by Jerry Krause, not so much by his agent, but by the changing economies of the game. The fact that Jerry Reinsdorf did not take care of Scottie Pippen, one of the best players at the time in the National Basketball Association. Look, I'm not going to sit here and say he was the second best player in the National Basketball Association at the time. You could put him in anywhere between five and 10. You can make the argument for five, and then you can also slide him down to 10 if you needed to. But that being said, he was a key, key, key piece to this thing actually working in Chicago. And for Reinsdorf to have acted the way he acted, for Jerry Krause to have allowed it to even go on as a general manager, he was responsible for that. But at the end of the day, the buck stops with the owner. Look, it's the owner of the Chicago Bulls that it that actually got Phil Jackson his $6 million contract to begin with. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, Reinsdorf could have could have done the right thing. But if you when you watch Reinsdorf on TV, and if you've ever had a chance to meet him in person, and if you've seen any other interviews with this guy, I mean he is a jerk. <laughs> That's plain and simple. I don't know, you, I don't know if you want to call him a villain, but he's a jerk. I mean, he just is an absolute jerk. So, of course, um, Scottie Pippen's contract didn't get renewed, and there's all sorts of controversy. Look, all in all, I thought this was a great first two episodes of this documentary. I got just about everything I expected and more out of the uh, documentary, so I was certainly happy about that and looking forward to seeing uh, the next uh, the next installment, which is next Sunday. That being said, there was one other thing that I took from that documentary that I had completely sort of forgotten about, um, and that was Michael Jordan's work ethic. Um, Michael Jordan's refusal to ever play a game not at 100%. I hate people when they say 110%. 110% doesn't exist. <laughs> Anyways, um, so he always played at 100%. I mean, he was always go, 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 even in a preseason game. So I loved watching and hearing and seeing Jordan talk about his early days in Chicago. I thought it was absolutely fantastic to see how the Chicago, how the Chicago Bulls had gone from like the worst franchise in the National Basketball Association. And within a month 
of Jordan actually joining that team. They were selling out the arena. This was an arena that wasn't being sold out. Like they didn't sell out anything in the in Bulls in Chicagoland for a long, long time. Hell, the um, uh, soccer indoor soccer team actually got uh, more people to uh, to <laughs> to show up to a game than the Chicago Bulls did. So it was a franchise that definitely needed a guy like Michael Jordan. But the thing that was most captivating about Michael Jordan, and the reason we all loved him so much, was that he gave 100% all the time. And you even saw the fans recognize that. And the fact that they could recognize it so quickly without the <laughs> without this world of Instagram and Facebook uh, you know, Twitter, this social media world that we all live in, where the second you think it, it's already tweeted. <laughs> uh, like literally um, for him to have the kind of impact that he had in Chicago at that time, it was absolutely amazing how he captivated the Windy City. Um, and it was his work ethic that uh, that took them all the way. All right. Um, so um, every week we try to do a quick recap of what happened the previous week in the world of sports. And um, and I try to do this usually pretty quickly. And I try to give you just sort of a quick rundown, highlights or lowlights <laughs> of, of the past week. Um, and I thought, what better place for us to start than with John Daly, you know, the former uh, golfer uh, who came out a couple days ago and suggested that he has a cure for the coronavirus. If you get the coronavirus, you should just drink a lot of vodka. <laughs> so that's coming from John Daly, who wins the award for worst coronavirus advice of the week. That goes to John Daly. But staying in the PGA... Um, the PGA Tour did announce that it's going to attempt to come back. Um, and they're looking at the second week of June. They're going to play in Fort Worth, Texas at the Charles Schwab Cup. Uh, <laughs> um, so um, that being said, um, you know, we, we talked about a, a lot of different things uh, related to this and you know, there's all sorts of questions that the PGA has to think about. And, and, and what I'm going to get into right now is absolutely ridiculous. It is just crazy. I mean, I took my dog for a walk today and I had a mask on and gloves just in case. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying, like we, we are living in a nation of bank robbers. <laughs> that's, what it's, that's what it's come down to. Um, uh, so that, that being said, um, so like the PGA has to figure some things out that are just absolutely ridiculous, as ridiculous as I look today, uh, walking my puppy Rocky, <laughs> um, and, and it's stuff like, um, when a player, um, actually puts the ball in the hole, who can actually put their hand into the hole to grab the ball out of the hole? Who actually can actually touch the flagstick? Who can touch the rakes? What happens? <laughs> what, what what happens if a ball hits a house? What happens if a ball hits a trash can? Look, there, there's a long list of what ifs, and the PGA Tour 
needs to actually sort of think this stuff through and make some decisions. And I know it sounds absolutely crazy, but these are all things that they need to consider heading into um, the rebirth of their season in the second week of June. Look, there's absolutely no reasons, no reasons for the first four weeks of this rebirth of the PGA Tour because there's there's not going to be any fans, no general admission allowed. There's absolutely no reason at all for a player to yell for. (laughs) I'm just saying... Um, Okay, uh, elsewhere around the world of sports, uh, Jose Canseco in Major League Baseball. Maybe the biggest Major League Baseball story of the week. Look, I think this story um, actually got more publicity than Major League Baseball's attempt to try to tell people that they were going to play in Arizona and Florida. (laughs) And that's where they were going to start their seasons. It seemed like a lot of people, only the people who are sort of like involved in the day-to-day world of Major League Baseball, seem to care about it at all. This other story, though, captivated the <laughs> captivated the world as Jose Canseco continues to bash Alex Rodriguez for allegedly cheating on his, um, on his, uh, on J-Lo with <laughs> Jose Canseco's ex-wife. Of course, um, uh, A-Rod denies this, um, Jose Canseco's ex-wife denies this, and for some reason, J-Lo felt the reason to jump in and deny it as well, as she has denied it in, <laughs> in, the, in the past. Um, so, just absolutely believe, unbelievable. Look, this story actually got a lot of press, and it was covered all over the place, and the fact that Jose Canseco is still even thinking about this stuff, is still even dealing with any of this stuff at this point, um, just, uh, you just gotta love the bash brother that won't go away. Elsewhere around the world of sports, the National Basketball Association continues to take attempts at creating what I call virtual bubble sports. Um, and this latest virtual bubble sport was the game of horse, you know, back when you were in physical education in junior in junior high, oh, excuse me, middle school, um, you had to play horse every once in a while. And then occasionally you'd play basketball with a friend and you'd play them one-on-one like when you were in high school or maybe even in college, but they weren't that good. And so whenever you played somebody who wasn't that good, um, they would always say, hey, why don't we just play horse? <laughs> so, so that's what the NBA decided to go with. And it was a... Uh, 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 Horse, a real life game of horse. Uh, the sports world is so slow. It's so slow right now that before I started doing this podcast uh, tonight, I was watching the 1989 National Football League draft. <laughs> That's how slow the sports world is, and the National Basketball Association knows it. So they came up with this horse thing. I know it. We wrote, um, or I wrote an article about the NBA Horse Challenge, and and the title of the article was Five Reasons Mike Conley Will Win the Crown. (laughs) I just want you to know that came out five days before he actually won the crown. The um, highest paid running back in the history of the National Football League uh, was signed uh, by Christian McCaffrey, who's going to make $16 million a year. 
Look, I know there's no real live sports going on. And I know you can only watch bubble sports and iRacing so much. But there is some intriguing sports stories going on. Like like the Odell Beckham Jr. rumor of the week, which had him going to the Minnesota Vikings for a second and third round pick next year. <laughs> uh, we even did a podcast on it. Um, and, and look, when we did the podcast, we basically knew that this was just a rumor and we even said it in on the podcast itself. That being said, when you look at the Cleveland Browns organization and you look at how absolutely dysfunctional that organization is, that's really what our podcast was about. It wasn't really about o- OBJ becoming a Minnesota Viking. It really wasn't about that. It was about OBJ not being a good fit for the Cleveland Browns. And I have to say, that hasn't changed just because this was just a rumor. (laughs) I'm just saying, that hasn't changed at all. Okay, and finally, uh, today, um, we are coming up on the National Football League draft, um, and we, we do have some uh, additional podcasts that will be getting out the door in the next uh, the next 48 hours related to your National Football League draft. Uh, this just in. <laughs> Mel Kuyper has just released his 115th <laughs> mock draft. Like, how many mock drafts do people need to see <laughs> before they have no more value? Look, if you see one mock draft, maybe two mock drafts, I think then that's fine. But when you start producing four or five or six or 10 mock drafts, the mock drafts suddenly have no more value. Like what kind of value is there with mock draft one versus mock draft 10, Mel? (laughs) I'm just asking, like, don't they all lose value when you put out too many mock drafts, I'm just saying it's like it's like fantasy football. It's like having eight fantasy football teams versus just having one fantasy football team. If you have just that one fantasy football team, right, and they do really well and you concentrate all of your efforts on that and you win your championship, I give you a lot of respect. If you have 10 fantasy football teams and one of those fantasy football teams actually wins a championship, I don't have as much respect for you as you might think. Don't show up. Don't call me. Don't text me. Don't call me and text me and and send me a beer (laughs) telling me that you won a championship when you had a 10% chance at winning one to begin with. Okay. So anyways, um, so we've got the big draft coming up and uh, the left-hand genius of Tua. Uh, 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 I wrote an article about this on Mighty.Rip. You should check it out when you have a chance. Um, And I really sort of get into the, the, uh, you know, why he's such uh, an outstanding quarterback. And, And to be honest, one of the best young quarterbacks I've ever seen play in college football. I've seen a lot of college football over the years. I've seen a lot of football, period. A lot of National uh, Football League football as well. And I can say confidently that I've never seen uh, such a unique 
and almost can't miss talent coming out of college as is Tua. Um, he has all of the tools, and I understand the concerns about the injuries, but when you sit back and you actually go and analyze Joe Burrow, and then you analyze Tua, and just forget about the injury f- for a second, and you just look at the tape. Don't look at the stats, just look at the tape. <laughs> and what you find is that Tua has so much more has a so much more raw uh, talent than Joe Burrow does. Look, I'm not saying Joe Burrow's not going to be a good quarterback in the National Football League. I think he could even be a really good quarterback in the National Football League. But if he gets drafted by the Bengals, he's not. <laughs> it's going to be very difficult for Joe Burrow to overcome the Cincinnati Bengals organization. It would be like like getting drafted by Cincinnati at this point is like getting drafted by Cleveland. It's just not going to work out. And if you're if you're a, a defender and you get drafted by the Detroit Lions, it's you're just never going to win anything. Like there's certain organizations that are just set up to not win. Um, and so for Joe Burrow, I feel bad because I know he's going to a team that is probably not a team that he's going to be able to overcome. Now, if Tua went to Cincinnati, I would have a different opinion about that. I, I think there's that kind of difference between Tua. Now, if we were to get into the specifics of why Tua is better or different than Joe Burrow, we would start to talk about the uh, uh, spread offense that Burrow ran last year at, uh, at LSU. Um, and then we would talk about um, a, a wide variety of other things related to Tua. And you would end up seeing that Tua, especially when you go back and watch the video, is almost uh, uh, you know one or two light years ahead of where Joe Burrow is. And he's definitely a more prototypical quarterback in the National Football League. Plus, he's a lefty. Like, when was the last time we had a great lefty in the National Football League? So for Tua to not get picked number one is just wrong. Now, all of you people out there are like, he's injured. He's got a bad hip. Look, I got to tell you, like the modern technology that exists today in medicine is light years ahead of what it used to be even five years ago, and especially when it comes to hips. The problem is that the majority of the, I'm not going to say all, but the majority of the general managers in the National Football League and the GMs in the National Football League, they're, they're followers. They all seem to follow each other. <laughs> it's, like, it's like peer pressure. Um, they're like being herded by a dog. Um, they're like cows being herded by a dog on a farm. That's what the general managers in the National Football League are like. Like... They understand MCLs, they understand ACLs, (laughs) they understand ankle sprains. Hell, they even understand what a high ankle sprain is, but throw them a wrench and throw in a a hip injury and they just go ballistic. They go completely off the wall. Look, Tua is going to be as good as he was before, if not better. And the general managers in the National Football League cannot get this through their heads 
which is why Tua is most likely going to go six or seven in the National Football League draft on Thursday, which is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> okay, so that's a, uh, a, a semi-quick uh, recap of what went down in the world of sports <laughs> last week. Um, so anyways, hey, uh, thanks so much for tuning in to the Big Mighty Rip. I am Dave DeBaugh. Um, the uh, Mighty Rip's available all over the place. Do check out our website at mighty.rip. Uh, we do have new sports content on a daily basis. And so uh, do, do check it out. Let us know what you think. For the Mighty Rip, I am Dave DeBaugh. I just realized I didn't even get any Bill O'Brien stuff in. Anyways, for the Mighty Rip, uh, next podcast. For the Mighty Rip, I'm Dave DeBaugh reminding you that sometimes players, coaches, and front office folks make horrifically bad decisions, Bill O'Brien. And it's our job as fans to set them straight. Thanks so much for listening to the Mighty Rip Podcast. Make sure to check out Mighty.Rip, where we are covering the latest from the world of sports. This month, we have in-depth coverage of the National Football League Draft, Michael Jordan's return to TV, and the NBA's latest attempts to produce virtual sports. 